Are you listening? Damn. And welcome into another episode of the Ranchings of Fancy Football Fanatic. I am your host, Jesse Moeller, aka J Moeller05. And boy, oh boy, do we have a drop today, folks. As you see at the bottom of the banner, Jameson Williams suspended for the first six games of the 2023 season. And you know what he was doing? He was gambling. So, uh, yeah, that leaves us to a really weird position. And I want to touch on JMO. Um, I sent out a tweet earlier today where I said, I'm not interested in him unless I'm tanking for 2024. And let me kind of elaborate on that and what I mean. He's still valued through the roof, even with the news and the fact his value is crashing. He's currently sitting at the wide receiver 25 on keep trade cut, which that's still pricey. Like, that's not that's not cheap. So if we look on keep trade cut, and I'll pull it up here on the screen, there are a ton of very good players in his range of like outcomes where you're talking he's equivalent to Debo Samuel, Ramondre Stevenson, Javante Williams, if you're interested in buying into an injured running back, Nick Chubb, Traylon Burks, Trey Lance, which that's a smash, except I don't know why anybody wouldn't do that, especially at this point now. Um, but yeah, his value is still through the roof. And he had an abysmal rookie year. And I get it. He was coming off the ACL injury, but he just was not very good. Where we saw Amon Ra still do Amon Ra things and say, hey, guess what? I am that guy. And there was a fun tweet where James Williams sending out like, hey, I got to get number one. As in he wants to be the number one on the team. But realistically, like you're fighting with Amon Ra saying, Brown, like that's not going to be easy. And particularly how the Lions use him on offense. Like he's going to be a focal point where the whole thought behind James Williams is he's got incredible speed. Like he has take off the top of the defense speed. And I'm not talking like Jalen Hyatt where that's kind of his selling point. No, he's an upgraded version of Jalen Hyatt. Like he's, he's legit like in the mold of Tyreek Hill. And I know that's almost blasphemous to say these things because he was my wide receiver three coming out last year. And that has not looked so great. In particular, with this suspension, which I mean, nobody could have predicted this, but he just was not very good. So, I guess what I'm getting at is why are you holding on to James Williams right now, even at the depreciated cost? And I saw a few tweets today where people were like, Oh, yeah, now is a great time to buy low. And I guess whatever your definition of buy low is, but I'm really not interested in rostering him because you not only have to take the hit for the first six weeks of the season. And now that's pushing almost halfway into the year, right? So you're carrying this dead asset for the first six weeks. And it's not like it was with DeAndre Hopkins last year where you knew the type of player you were getting coming back, right? Where he's a stud and proved to be a stud, right? He came in and was like, hey, I'm still that dude. We have no evidence that Jameson Williams is that guy in the NFL. We have none. Even in his peak season at Alabama, the one year where he gave us the fantastic production, he wasn't a target hog. He barely crested over 20% target share on that offense. Now, he doesn't profile into that type of player. So where you're, I hear people saying, like, yeah, he could be a legit number one wide receiver like in fantasy. And I'm, I'm really scratching my head how people come to that conclusion. Because I get it. Like, he's not, not ever going to command 170 targets or anything like that. But you're realistically hoping he gets to the 120, 130, and his explosion and his ability to produce like big plays is going to carry you. It's going to be an efficiency case, similar to like 
AJ Brown was early in his career, right? Where it wasn't, he wasn't a target hog, but you were just, you knew he was going to produce. But the problem is, we know that with AJ Brown. We don't know that with a James Williams at all. And yeah, he was coming off the ACL injury, but but still, man, it's just, he, he really feels treacherous. Like, if he comes back this year and he does not immediately just blow up, his value's going to crater. Like last year, I'm looking at stats right now. He had, he played in six games. He had nine total targets, one reception, and it was a 41-yard bomb. And, yes, there was a couple that were missed by Goff. And, you know, that can happen with Jerry Goff from time to time. But realistically, like, he wasn't even – they the Lions basically held him back to keep him healthy because the snap share was only 18% the entire year. So he never really got a shot. And I know we were going to say in response to that, like, well, he never got a shot. What happens when they quote-unquote unleash him? And I'm like – yeah, what happens when they do unleash him? The issue for Detroit now and what makes Jameis Williams even more treacherous is they didn't necessarily need a wide receiver, right? They could, they had those two they were confident in, and they had a complementary pieces, right? But now you're like, they need another pass-catching weapon. Like, you can't go just, just Amon Ross at St. Brown for six weeks. That kills your offense. Like, and Amon Ross isn't the type of wide receiver that's going to stretch the field, right? So he's very much in that intermediate and underneath. That's where he's going to dominate and all his targets and where he has his entire career. And he is one of the better wide receivers in the league. I don't get why people still discount him. The man's a stud. Like, let's let's knock that off. We, we saw what a primary slot guy could do and what a primary slot guy has done in the league for a long time. Keenan Allen. We saw Cooper Cup, who's like an ele- elevated version of that, where he won the Triple Crown playing this a very similar role to Amara. So the offense is going to go through Amara. And now you have James Williams. Coming back after the first six weeks, he's got to ramp back up in a, like to game to game shape. Like that's absolutely a thing. Like he's not just gonna step in and just command fifteen targets, hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns. Like that's not that's not the player he is. So realistically, at cost. And I saw on Keep Trade Cut, and I know Keep Trade Cut is not the best service in the world. I get it, but it's very standard set for measuring player values, which is easy to use and it works pretty well. If you pulled up. He's worth a late 2023 third. Yeah, smash that. Like, get. I don't want that because you're you're stuck holding the back on him. And maybe it'll pan out. Maybe it will. But I don't know how people could be have this 100% conviction of him based on what we've seen through going on two years now, basically, where about 75% of that time, there's no production that's an injury and a suspension. But with players with his profile, we saw this with – J.J. Zacharyson, he released a podcast where players who missed significant time and didn't put up stats, it's like there's only one player in the first three years of their career who put up over 13 points per game. Who And you know who that player was? It was Alan Hearns. Like, this is just we're in, we're getting into outlier situation with James Williams. And yeah, the talent's there. Nobody's disputing that. Like, he's got game-breaking speed in he looked like a very good wide receiver coming out of Alabama, but he still had to transfer to Alabama to get playing time. Now, you may may say that's not a slight because you know you had Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, he had Jackson Smith and Jigba come in, and and now they have <laughs> Marvin Harrison there. Like that's just an absurd amount of wide receivers. But he should have been able to make a bigger impact than he has so far in his career. And I I like the talent, obviously. That's why he was my wide receiver three last year coming out, but. At this point, I'd rather just let somebody else deal with it, the headache that he's going to be. So if you can get anything close to those values for him, 
I would happily just get rid of them because it's going to be treacherous. And you'll see it. People will be like, oh, yeah, buy in now. But week one, week two, you're sitting looking at your roster just going like, man, I don't have Jameson until week seven. And when he does come back, we don't know. We legit don't know like what type of player he's going to going to be just because we don't have minimal production and injury on top of it. So, yeah, maybe, maybe he comes back and maybe he's that difference-making asset for your team and for the Lions and offense, right? But it's so many question marks, right? Like, why not just go get Traylon Burks? Like, you could do that trade. People are so low on Traylon Burks. Just go get Traylon Burks. He's the established wide receiver one in Tennessee offense. He had a much better production profile coming out of college, right? So he's not the explosive athlete, but realistically, like, I want guys to earn targets. And for some reason, the community has soured on Traylon because he dealt with injuries last year and did not have the best season. But he still looks like he's got the potential to be a very good player. So if you're going to swap him for a year two guy, I would happily do that. Now, obviously, you can't get Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. The time has passed where that's available. But, you know, go transition. Maybe you want to package him and break him down into a few pieces. You want to take a risk on one of the running backs? That's currently in a situation. You get a second plus, you know, Tyler Algier if you want to gamble that or any one of those guys, right? James Cook plus. Like, you have options for players who are second year where you can get them. So I don't think it's 100% you just have to hold him. You can see what he's worth in the market. And if you get a good deal, yeah, absolutely sell him. I'm honestly not interested in buying until I see it from him. Because I would much rather buy high once we see him be good than opposed to buy low now where you just don't know how good this player is because the, pro the profile is just not there. And it wasn't a super strong analytical profile to begin with, right? So it's basically the game tape. And if it's a trust me, bro type situation, like he's good, like maybe he is, but we just don't know. So it's a huge bomb sell and it could work out, but it's going to shake things up for the Lions. Like they have to make a move now because the roster was heavily dependent upon Jamison Williams. So if that ripple effect causes them to grab an, a wide receiver, like imagine if they drafted freaking JSN. How would you feel if the Lions drafted JSN in the, with their late first round pick, like pick 20, I think it is. How would you feel about Jamison Williams then? Like you have to realize someone's coming into that offense. Now, maybe they go get DeAndre Hopkins or something like that, right? Imagine how would you feel then? That's going to squeeze the life out of any targets that James Williams is going to get. So just be careful with players like this in this situation where there's so much uncertainty and unknown with Jameson Williams when these players are valued high. And this is why I was anti-George Pickens. Same thing. Like He didn't show us he was that good as a rookie. He showed us he was fine. But James Williams is even a bigger mystery box just because he didn't play. And when he did play, he almost showed us nothing. So, yeah, those two were my biggest sell at wide receiver coming into this year. And yeah, we're going to amplify that more for Jameis Williams. Just realistically, if you can get out at the value that he's currently at, I'm happy to do that. If you can flip him for Ramondre, all day I'll do that. I will take the bet because we know Ramondre is a good player. And I get it. He's an older running back. But seriously, like get the production on our team. Now, if you are truly tanking for 2024, then go ahead. Go, go send a reduced price for Jameis Williams, right? If you believe in him, go do it. Like, even if I was tanking, though, I'd rather just hold the picks. Now, if I had producers, like if I had Chris Godwins or players that are actually going to give me production that are older, right, 
then yeah, send those guys, get them off your roster. And getting a James Williams does help in that. Like, I'm not going to dispute that. If you're tanking for 2024, absolutely go get him because you're locking up still a valuable asset, even if he doesn't produce. And, you know, when he does come back, you could sell him then. So there is the flip side of that. But realistically, in most scenarios, like in redraft, I'm not touching James Williams. There's no chance I'm touching that guy. There are so many other players I'd rather draft. And especially at his cost right now, it's just he's too expensive for me to feel comfortable investing significant assets in him, with especially with how the market views it. And this is how I, I play Dynasty all the time. It's does the player match up with how they're valued? And for instance, this is why Marquise Hollywood Brown was such a buy for me last year. Reduced price for production. And he was a beast through week six before the injury came in which is also why he's buying for me again this year. <laughs> he's playing in a quote-unquote terrible offense in Arizona, but somebody's got to earn targets, right? So use the market to your advantage. Um, and yeah, go see what you can get for James Williams because he's just overvalued right now. But anyways, I wanted to thank you for stopping into this breaking news podcast on the Rancy's Fantasy Football Fanatic. I am your host, Jesse Moeller, a.k.a. jmoller05. Um, take care. Good luck. We'll be focused on the drive. Are you listening? Damn.